with Health for All is a podcast from the Center for Health Equity Transformation, gathering voices in research and communities around Chicago. Conversations and interviews will discuss the importance of achieving health equity, highlighting health disparities, and exploring innovative ways to improve health for all. The Skinny Trees team visited the Urban Growers Collective Southside Farm on October 26, 2019. The world has turned upside down since then. Food insecurity and accessibility have become part of the Urban Growers Collective priority as an increased amount of people are being affected by the coronavirus pandemic. Since March 2020, Urban Growers Collective has donated over 8,000 produce boxes, 120,000 pounds of produce, and over 10,000 prepared meals. They have started a weekly farm stand, offer contactless produce pickup, and monthly collective supported agriculture CSA boxes for pickup and delivery. In August, Urban Growers Collective was granted $2 million to expand the farm as part of the Rebuild Illinois program for the always growing Auburn Gresham project. Congratulations to Urban Growers Collective and thank you for fighting for the food apartheid. Surrounding the inequity of good food, clean water, health disparities, and life expectancy. You can support the efforts by volunteering at the farm, purchasing their produce, or joining the CSA. Now, let's listen to our first podcast outing. In this episode, we take a field trip to an urban farm on Chicago's south side. Founded in 2017, the Urban Growers Collective aims to address the inequities and structural racism that exist in the food system and in underserved communities. Their vision is to use urban agriculture to cultivate pathways to freedom through food and healing. Their goal is to build economic opportunity for Chicago's youth, reduce food insecurity, and increase access to affordable, fresh produce and healthy food. Urban Growers Collective operates eight urban farms on 11 acres of land predominantly located on Chicago's south side. Since 2017, the Urban Growers Collective has grown and sold more than 17,000 pounds of fresh produce and served over 10,000 customers on refurbished Chicago Transit Authority buses as their Fresh Moves mobile market. They work with over 33 community partners to provide job training, education, and community programs. In late fall of 2019, the Skinny Trees podcast team, including myself, Rabia, Ivy, and Araceli, visited Chicago's Urban Growers Collective Southside Farm to speak with Malcolm Evans, Urban Farms Manager, on a wet, rainy day as we gathered in one of their hoop houses where they grow winter vegetables like kale, spinach, and collard greens. These 14 acres of land are designed to engage residents with community gardens and fitness activities such as goat yoga. inside uh, Urban Growth Collective Farm. So we're inside with a lot of kales, um, different type of kales here, and we have Malcolm um, with us. Um, so you were saying that um, this stay here all winter and we're we are able to grow, you're able to grow all these veggies in the winter here. Yes. Um, so what do you have in here and what else do you have in other ones? So here in Chicago, you can't really grow a lot of crops all year round, so you got to grow a certain amount of crops in the winter time here at urban growers collector we grow spinach collard greens and kale up in these hoop houses that we uh build and it's not a it's not a greenhouse it's, it's a hoop house 
but you know you call it greenhouse but it's not heated so we create a, a hot mix on the side in the corner to heat it up and uh, we grow like winter crops and brassicola crops that could take the cold and this plastic is called solar plastic and there's two sheets on there and solar plastic a special type of plastic like the first sheet to dissolve the heat and like the second sheet to trap it in and you would grow these greens when about you know 25 30 whatever weather and we put a third sheet of plastic over each crop for frostbite so i did just send them hoop house and grow all winter long but then in the summertime all the sides on this hoop house be open and the doors be open and i grow like greens with a shade cloth on and things like that and what how many of these hoop houses right now i got three hoop houses up right now and i'm working on building two before the ground freeze oh my wow and are they all gonna have all the same type of veggies or you will you have different ones in the ones that are getting built now i'm not going to do no production because i'm getting to the end of the year but i'll prepare it and build it up and i can start put all my seedlings in there in the spring and then i will start planting in, in the spring and in the summer but over the winter right now i got Three hoop houses that got kale, collard, or either spinach, and two another one finna get seeded with spinach. Oh, I just was gonna ask, like, so I'm looking at uh, like four rows, big main rows uh -huh. of, of like uh, vegetables, about would you say 50 feet across here. Uh huh. Um, so here with all the different vegetables we're growing, like, how how much does this feed, or is it like, what does it represent in terms of like uh, what yield you get, and like it goes to X amount of farmers markets, or where does this where does this produce go usually? So uh, we got a program called Fresh Move. It's a it's a mobile market program. So we have a, a bus that uh, on wheels. It's, it's like a grocery store and we go into community centers and food desert neighborhoods on the south side and the west side to fit the community needs and bring fresh vegetables to the community on a low cost. And we also do the 61st farmer's market on 61st of Dorchester to uh, bring um, pro fresh produce from our farm to High Park. So. So a couple of small restaurants we work with, but on the year side, it's various. A couple hundred thousand pounds a year, probably more than that, it varies because we got more sites here in Chicago. But we try to just keep the uh, fresh move a bus loaded with stock with the stuff that's grown here in Chicago and grown a couple of miles away and not getting brought in from over the world. And um, I think I saw that two of the buses were in maintenance, and are yeah. they fixed now? We get a new one. We actually get a whole new one that nice. is going to be formula different and better in a whole different situation, new setup. So it'll be a totally new bus coming out in spring. Oh, that's awesome. So maybe um, for the listeners, do you want to explain a little bit like what the bus program is, like what the Fresh Moves? And how does it work is? with people? I um, I read that, you know, if they have a link card or snap. Yes. So um, the Fresh Move mo mobile program is pretty much a, a, a bus rolled on wheels it's a bus that it's pretty it's a bus you know got wheels for us but it's for us to ride around to these places and bring fresh photos to the neighborhood so folks don't got to travel a far away to get what they need to you know these things to create their meals so and the um <clears throat> the payments that we accept on this bus is link credit and debit because a lot of folks here have links so we take your link and we got a double value program up to 25 dollars so when you spend five dollars, you get a. Actually, we got a Barilla. They sponsor one of our buses. So when you spend five dollars, you get a free box of pasta from oh, Barilla. Oh, wow. And then you spend a certain amount. We double that up with the Link Value program. And we also accept the senior coupons and the farmers market coupons, nutrition coupons, and in the season that they got that stuff going on. So it gives people like more of an incentive to like try this produce out and try to incorporate fresh fruits and veggies. 
Yes, it, it's, it's just pretty much allow the folks like in the neighborhoods to like access like healthy stuff that's grown right here in Chicago and grown in their neighborhoods and like to try this out at affordable price. You getting oranges and stuff, but we also on this bus we got a mixture of stuff. Like when it's the growing season, ninety percent of everything's grown in our field going to bus. But like when our off season, I'll go to wholesale and get certain type of vegetables to keep that mac to fit that um need that folks need. But I also get fruit. I also get like bananas, strawberries, oranges, grapefruits, and that type of stuff because you know when you go into folks' neighborhoods, you want to try to hit all the needs that they need. But eventually, when we do get our other buses and get a new bus, I would like to do you know meat on there, right, maybe right. meat, but prepare food, you know, yeah. wraps, sandwiches, you know, fruit cups, and eventually, you know, we could do beans, rice, storage stuff because we got potatoes. But you want to, if you're going to do this type of work and you bring it into the neighborhood, you want to try to hit everything that they need that they don't got to go far. So that's the purpose of having this bus on wheels. So, you know, act just straight to them, but you want to got to kind of have like everything that they need so they don't got to go a far away, but also healthy and nutrition and good for them. How do you pick the neighborhoods you that the Fresh Moves um, stopped in? So we work with a lot of different folks. So it's, it's an outreach team that do a lot of outreach, but we kind of go to like community centers, senior centers, centers and like um, preschools, like small schools and like, food desert neighborhood like if it's a community center in the food desert neighborhood that's doing this type of work and need help and need push we kind of target on that like i'm not going to pull my bus up in front of jewish because i know i'm gonna sell out yeah. i'm gonna sell out probably like in a half an hour because my prices on there affordable but i'm gonna put my energy and my time up to this food desert neighborhood that's on the south side and the west side that don't have this type of food up in their neighborhood or don't have it at low cost and just you know build my relationship and make less of money that day but i'm gonna build my relationship up yeah and try to get it so I can make more money versus me going to Jewish and making a lot of money just because it's cheap. So it's a it's a various type of thing, but it's a, it's a smart idea and a great idea, but you know, it's a working process and it, and, and it can't happen overnight. It take a lot of energy, you know, a lot of time and like the input for the community and folks, like folks gotta be engaged and we start different programs on there. We meet with a lot of different people to try to do cool ideas, try to get an app set up. So. Yeah. It's a working program. And what do you? What kind of reactions do you get from the people that are like, "Oh, what is this? Like, what what's going on here? Like, new customers and like." We get a lot of returning customers. Like, when all we actually from this program actually be like, "This is a cool idea. This is great. I can do my weekly shopping here. I can make my meals on Sunday. Like this, this set of this set satisfied my grandma, my uh, elderly folks because y'all pulling up, y'all coming right here. So you know, it's like I get a lot of reaction. I then you know, I get some days when it's like this. I know I ain't gonna make no money, but it's about just having that that consistent piece so when you build that consistent piece and build that piece up with the community they got to trust you because you want your community to trust you and so you have to go out when the days like this because that's because you you building that and that's the piece that we try to do and we'll, and try to like make sure we make it a satisfied day i know i ain't gonna go out there and make a thousand dollars or something i love to make 500 each stop i got three stops i like to make it but i know like eventually but we got to build it up small though mm -hmm. and you mentioned uh, um you used the term food desert a lot would you mind describing what does that mean to the listeners like a food desert neighborhood is, is like pretty much like the neighborhood that don't have like for my for my knowledge like a neighborhood that don't have like healthy food mm -hmm. got a lot of got a lot of grocery stores got a lot of fast food around don't and have like no 
restaurant, I mean, no, uh, like, grocery store close by that's doing vegetables or doing uh, organic food, but having, like, restaurants all around. The convenience stores got fast food, but don't got good food, but it's not no good green into the neighborhood. That's, to me, a food that's the neighborhood when you don't got green in the neighborhood or you don't got it, like, close by. Like, you, like, you got miles and miles away, like, up in this neighborhood. So do, do most of your customers walk to the uh, the bus, the fresh bus? We do. We got a list. We we go out five days out the week and we go to these stops each day for a half an hour to an hour. We sit there, so we we work with Howard Brown Health Center. Mm -hmm. So and they and they give they uh customers vouchers. So they spend twenty five dollars okay. each customer and they shop about their weekly stuff. So everybody know at three o'clock we at Howard Brown. So everybody come from the neighborhood or like I'm aggressive. Everybody know like on Tuesdays I'm there for like twelve or something. So we get. The folks for the senior building and the folks in the neighborhood, we get a lot of street. I mean, a lot of uh, street traffic because a lot of folks be engaged in how the bus look and what it is. That's great. Do you have any memorable story from customer? Like, you know, maybe they have never cooked certain veggies or never tried something before. I don't, but like I grow a lot of like special type of greens and special type of uh, vegetables every now and then. So when they see squash, certain different type of squash, it freaks them out because they haven't seen it before or it's like this is this big and what this actually like fresh. The, um, so do you teach them how to cook it or like try to, you know, convince them to try this? <laughs> Me personally, I don't really do a lot of refreshment. I'm the farm manager for our organization. Mm -hmm. So just, you know, so I do a lot of harvesting, working in the field and going out on a bus here and there. But we also uh, try to create recipe cards. But when we get our new bus up and running, we'll try to prepare a little salad, do a chef demo, little small things like that. Like when we bring new things to the bus that come out the field, we want to recipe it up to get our customers engaged with it. Yeah. Is the bus going to be running all through winter? That's the goal for the road all through winter, but it also depends on the weather. Because these buses, they diesel, so they got it meant to be driven and moved around. And the, the, a lot of stuff be closed, so it all depends on. But that's the goal, to keep this bus all year round, to just yeah. keep that into the neighborhood. Yeah. And the fruit, this stuff we would get from the wholesaler, but I got greens and collard. I mean, I got spinach, collard, and care yeah. to fit on this bus, you know, all week long. Okay. So that's the goal. Like, I don't do too much growing in the winter, but... We're bringing them healthy greens, but to them, and then when like the growing season, like June, July, ninety percent of everything is coming out the field, going to the bus from your pepper to your eggplant to your squash to your beans, your carrots, beets, and turnips, and I go on and on and on going to. Let's get back a little bit though. How did you get into this? How did you get started in with farming, and how did you get involved with this organization? So, uh, my name Malcolm Evans. I'm from Cabrini Green, and the director Erica Allen, uh, Urban Gorge Collector. I met her when I was ten years old in Cabrini Green, and I. I kind of just ain't know too much about vegetables. I never really know nothing about farmer, but farmer always been up in like the African-American black culture from back in the days and like my family, but I never like actually did it until I met her going into the small garden and just playing around, taking stuff home and just, you know, want to be engaged and wanted to like see what was going on. And I just been working with her since then and now I'm grown and now I'm the farm, I'm farm manager for the organization. We got seven sites here in Chicago and about 11 acres in total. Yeah. Oh, and um, so you were saying that there's some uh, youth programming there and so what do they do after um, you said it's through after school matter right? yeah so uh, we, we work with after school matters for a job training program they work with teenagers and it's a, it's a job training program so it's here to teach folks not just about farming or not just about cooking but having the skills to just have a job and just have them skills on your belt 
So they come out and just, they just farm. Like, they harvest, do curriculum, do, like, skits, cooking classes, and just do a lot of farm working and just taking stuff home and just, you know, have a, getting, a, getting a lot of knowledge at a, at a young age about, like, where fruit and vegetables come from. Right. Yeah. Right. Do you, um, what's, what are the long-term goals um, with you guys, what you're doing with the youth and with the farm? What, what kind of impact do you want to make in the community? Me personally, what the organization, I can say like the impact and the long goal to doing this type of work is just like having a, su a sustainable organization, but just having it an uh, impact into the neighborhood, just getting a lot of folks involved and just going and just building this food system and keeping this food system sustainable and like right and just getting everybody involved. And it start off with our youth and getting our youth involved and getting them education and getting them hired and giving them jobs and just, you know, like having that peace to just help and just get folks involved about this type of work yeah and do you think the solution to um food desert food insecurity is to open more grocery store here or what do you think it would work i think i think it is open more i think it will work but you know we got to get a lot of folks who going to be serious about it and really take their job seriously like really want to do it not just doing it for the time or just doing it for other stuff but like these stores actually like working and like people actually like loving and doing this type of work and like being uh, committed to it. Um, do you know anything about the Grounds for Peace program? The Grounds for Peace program was a program just got launched this year with us, with the mayor, with the city, and uh, Heart Alliance. So we also work with a nonprofit organization called the Heart Alliance, Shine Ready. So they work with guys who've been um, incarcerated but coming home and got high crimes and can't do a certain thing. So I work with these guys five days out the week and just teaching them about farming, teaching them about just having a job and just coming on time and respect in the grounds of peace program is basically the, the program to we got 50 lots on the south side west side to like build a, a brutification a safe place for these guys to be at and so on these 50 lots we growing sunflowers and just putting up a fence but it's for brutification and it's something they can own and they can like take leadership on and just like feel good about because they actually finna help me build two of these hoop houses in the next couple of weeks. Uh -huh, nice. So it's kind of, it's also like a job. It's a job training program. They get and they get paid from the Heart Alliance. Oh, okay. So they get like a little small stipend. They also do like a lot of like working with them and like classes about behaving, behaving and different things like that. Okay. Um, I'm jumping a little bit back and forth, um, but do you think structural racism have an impact on the food insecurity? A little bit, a little bit. Racist, a, lot, a lot of racism like goes on here in Chicago, so I feel like it impacts on the food system a little bit because when you deal with racist people, or got a lot of racist people around, like you don't want to work with them or you don't want to do this type of work. Yeah. Do you think things have changed since the farm being around here? I, I actually feel like it do because me growing up, I grew up in Cabrini Green, but me just like going into like white neighborhoods or seeing a lot of white people or being certain things used to be very racist. And now I see it's changing more because they seeing the the, the good out the outcome of what we got going on or what these black folks doing. So I think what I'm hearing is also that the consistency being in the neighborhoods being a source of like healthy food for, for fresh fruits and vegetables for the uh, for your residents, do you? Uh, and you talked about them like getting feedback on like what they want, so then you respond. Yes, to them. yes, yes. Is there another? Is there like a system where you're doing a kind of like a ongoing like how what kind of impact are we having? Like, a, 
we try like we try to get all the customers to like sign us send emails and like follow the bus and give us information give us feedback or like what they want to come in their community like what they want us to bring or how was it or what they feel about the produce so we try to like get emails and try to like get a couple customers here and there and like do certain events and invite the customers to like barbecues and things like that on the bus just so we could so they could feel like make us a part of home so we want to be a part of their home we want to be a part of their system like we want them to feel us and feel the work that we're doing and 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 so they don't feel like we strangers because you know you you come into a lot of people's neighborhood they don't know you're a stranger you're like someone coming into your home like so you gotta like kind of like no, ease your way in, and but you know, but be serious about it, be consistent about it. Like, don't play. Like, folks take stuff serious, and you know, you gotta like, if this is what you gonna do, you gotta be like for real about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I know you have goats and you have some chickens, and are you a couple have- of chickens? We got some pygmy in Nigeria, uh, blue dwarf goats just over here as pets. But next year we'll get a bigger population, get more um chickens and stuff in eventually get into like collecting the eggs and doing dairy and doing all that type of stuff but they hear it as a pastor to show we got this here in the city of chicago and they real fun and we do go yoga and all that type of right. stuff so that's more just for like getting some donations yeah. and attract people okay. to come yeah. visit yeah. Right. and you get a lot of schools and stuff and like i mean it's cool to have it's right here we got goats here on the south side <laughs> And do you work with um, preschool and like the younger children's? Our organization uh, work at a preschool called Educare Chicago. It's on the south side here in the city. So we work at that preschool uh, two, three days out the week. We go in and like have a class come out to the garden and just teach them about vegetables and education piece. And we manage a garden for the parents. So we harvest and let the parents come in, harvest stuff and take stuff home. Oh, wow. That's really nice. You kind of answered the question in other ways, but I'm just wondering like, big picture like what does health equity mean to you i mean when someone says to you you know we want to get uh you know, we want to get health equity on the south side we want people to have access have that yeah to access that... healthy food and healthy food and... oh okay i'll sure it. repeat it again like break it down a little bit more for me sure yeah so like what does it look like you know in the, in your uh, ideal world like like having like at what point is it like this seems right. This seems like people... You have oh, done enough. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh, okay. I mean, like, right now, we ain't meet our goal. Like, it don't, I don't feel like it's, it's completely, like, set or doing this type of work yet. Because, I mean, I get a lot of people involved. I could get more volunteers to get more careers. But it's never enough work done yet. Because I'm only here on the south side. I ain't on the west side yet. Okay. So, okay. so that's yeah. why I feel like work ain't done yet. Like, we getting people attention, but... We ain't hit our goal enough that I, cause I, I'm the farm manager. I'm growing, so I know I'm seeing what I'm harvesting. When I'm start pushing 15 cases of greens a day to this bus, I know I met my goal. If I'm pushing more things and getting more volunteer groups, if I'm getting 15, 20 people every weekend. I'm know the worry getting out. But you know we gotta start right here, here at the base, and then spread out and get more help and get more income and get more funding and stuff like that. But we ain't hit the goal yet. I, I know we ain't hit the goal yet, cause we still right here. Were you were you um, with the farm in the beginning? Like, how did they obtain this land? And this, um, was it was it a farmable this, this, so, this, land? This this land right here is park district. Mm-hmm. This park district land, and it was like top off for contaminated and made sure it was safe. And mm-hmm. it's like a forever lease here, so we leased it from the park district. It's park district land. Okay. And I was here from the, with the beginning with the organization, but this park district land right here, we just grow here 
a contender in Max Seller. And I know we ain't meet the goal because we ain't maxed out on the farm yet. Yeah. I still got to put up more comp a compost hoop house and more hoop house for production. And, you know, we got a, uh, a small incubate farmer program called Farmers for Chicago. So it's folks here in Chicago doing this type of work, but they small and they develop their own business and doing this type of work. So we got that. I believe that's a six to eight month program. So we got folks here just like, Farming on the other side, but they individual farmers that we learn knowledge from and they get knowledge from us and it's what they do. So they grow their stuff and they sell it. Wow. All right. I think um, that's all the question we have. Yeah, they all goats. So these are two males. These are two females on this side and the males on this side. So we started off with two came from a friend, one of our friends from Texas. Okay. And then the rest of them, you know, go from there. Yeah, yeah. They just propagated. Exactly. A couple generations of goats here. Yeah. I had I had eight of eight of them up in August. So eight babies in August. They was always born. It wasn't something that I like knew that this was what I was going to be doing. It's yeah. just when I it's just when I met Erica and like met folks that she was working with, I just got inspired and felt my passion for like farming real young and just took it to the next level, got serious about it. Just growing up where I grew up for like just being a farmer is like it's not rare. Like you wanna see a lot of folks nine, ten years old, you know, just being playing in the garden then when they get older become a farmer. If, the, if this wasn't like something that your family was actually like doing, you won't see a lot of folks be like inspired and doing work like this. This is amazing. Yeah. Thank yeah. you no so problem. much Thanks for your time. And it's great that you're doing so much around this area, especially help teaching and training the youth. That's very important. Thank you. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the speakers and authors and do not necessarily reflect or represent the views and opinions of the following entities. National Institutes of Health, the National Cancer Institute, Northwestern University, Northwestern Medicine, Northwestern University Feinberg School of Medicine, the Robert H. Lurie Comprehensive Cancer Center, the Institute for Public Health and Medicine, University of Illinois at Chicago, and Northeastern Illinois University. Skinny Trees is proudly produced and edited in the Center for Health Equity Transformation, led by Dr. Melissa Simon at Northwestern University. Dr. Simon is a member of the United States Preventive Services Task Force, USPSTF. This podcast does not necessarily represent the views and policies of the USPSTF. Due to the social nature of this podcast, the content used might be copyrighted by another entity or person. This podcast claims no copyright to said content.